0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of this podcast and webcast with uh, my very special guest. Uh, this, I'm Bruce Singer. This is, the, this is the Bruce Singer podcast, and I'm with Canada CFOs, which provides uh, CFOs on a contract and part-time basis. And welcome to my very special guest, Mark Damon, who is an entrepreneurial CFO and currently with Compass Food Sales, which is an organization that distributes and manufactures healthy food snacks across the canadian market the company's been around 50 years an incredible story mark is originally from argentina and has been in canada 18 years he'll share his story and i'm thrilled to have him we're going to do a lot of talking today's topic is about change from the perspective of an entrepreneurial cfo in the healthy food snack industry and thank you Mark, for coming on this podcast
1: Thank you very much, Bruce, and thank you for the great introduction. Really appreciate it. Um, Definitely, uh, when we think about change, we have to obviously um, look back at these two last and a half years since the pandemic started and how things have changed in in every aspect. Our company, Compass, we operate in the global supply chain I would say sector, uh, we bring products from all over the world and definitely the last two years have been a test for all what we do, especially on the supply chain side. Um, My role, I'm I'm involved in finance, in operations, IT, HR, uh, supporting sales. So definitely all of that had uh, required a lot of, I would say, concentration over the last two years and a half. When, when we look back, uh, really, and, and I was thinking about this, um, then the amount of change that we all as individuals went through over the last two years and a half is, is unbelievable. Uh, it, it, especially because it's a very short period of time and we saw the the market, uh, I would say the, the stock market and the real estate market, specifically in Canada, uh, going up, uh, significantly and, and now we see it going the other way. And so dynamics that usually take many more years have been compressed in a very short period of cool. time. Yeah. And, and then we think, okay, well, you know, it seems that the world is very unpredictable or at, at least is more unpredictable than before. So the thought is that well, what will happen, uh, you know, in the next, uh, five, 10, 15 years. Right. So, my personal perspective as you said very well i'm coming from argentina argentina is a place where while i live there and and i love argentina dearly uh i lived through many economic crises. Uh, you know one of them i remember very well we were basically having a thousand percent inflation i mean we didn't get a year of that because we will not survive but even in the short period of time that that happened it was like basically a price in the morning was different than a price in the afternoon oh, wow. so Right. So the experience with inflation and the experience with leaving all that change gave me a little bit of an insight in the sense of, well, you know, there are many things that we can control of the environment right now. Um, We know in Canada, we are having inflation that, you know, it was not there for the last 34 years. We are having potential recession. We having a war uh, overseas. There are so many uh, challenges in in aspects that we never thought. We never expect to have one day without Rogers. We never expect to have Pearson Airport to be uh, uh, you know a difficult place. To move. <laughs> so there, there are many things that we yes. always kind of uh, you know took for granted that they are not as granted as they were. In all this change, then we have to and, and that affect our uh, us as individuals and us as organizations. I mean. Uh, even on the supply chain, you know many, many challenges with containers, with trackers, things that uh prices uh, so many things that we have not seen way before to the pandemic. so I was reflecting and thinking how easy we had it before the pandemic in, yeah. in many aspects, and that reality today is, is i would say is harder for for all of us for every. I would say entrepreneurial organization like is our case to really, um, you know, provide value uh, to our customers.
0: So how do you, you mentioned a couple of things. One of the things was inflation. And the second thing is add value. If we could talk about inflation for a minute. So how do you, how do you deal with like, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do, what do you, what, what, what what do you do like you got you know like because it's it's obviously pretty severe it can affect your margins and things like that how do you how do you how do you address it very
1: challenging I mean uh and again I I I was raised in inflation and yeah. it's always a, a very difficult um you know situation because uh costs uh increase fast but prices don't do it in the same pace so yeah. that's the main challenge and then uh, I mean, it really goes down. We we are very lucky at Compass. I mean, we we have a really built a very strong culture. I mean, I'm I'm lucky enough. Uh, our CEO and myself, we work at the same uh, organization, which is Mars Inc. is a very large tier one CPG. Uh, I work in South America. She work in Canada. So we have a very common. I would say uh background and understanding of uh the type of organization that we want to lead and create yep. uh, but how you deal with inflation is i would say i would mention three things number one i'll call it reflex so reflex is to basically you know when things that you cannot anticipate you have to be able to react relatively quickly if not very quick yeah uh, the second is about uh resiliency so you have to find Um, you know, the the ways and the areas where you can get or sustain a a competitive advantage, either, you know, it could be trying to uh, basically find opportunities, uh, buying opportunities, try to find any kind of uh, opportunity that will allow you to at least sustain your costs, try to basically negotiate with vendors, find new vendors, be creative, and, and And the other is be resourceful, because when when you are in an inflation situation and very connected to the other, you have to find different ways to operate. That will overall reduce your cost, or at least keep it unchanged right, we cannot expect, I mean if the environment is changing and everything is changing around us, then we have to find ways to adapt and adjust and again that's the the beauty and, and the in and the in the positive of being in a in a mid-sized entrepreneurial organization like compasses yep. where um basically we are nimble and we are flexible and we can turn around and, and move around very quickly uh, you know like i used to work in very large corporations even mars which i i you know i revere uh, but you know, you always have kind of a, a headquarters that you report and then they have to make the decision. You provide recommendations. Well, as I always said, in mid-sized, uh, entrepreneurial companies, we are, uh, we are really the headquarters at the same time. So we are basically making all of those decisions. It's like when you, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sure it, it happened to you when you go in these large cruise, you know, you go in a cruise, there are 5,000 staff and everyone takes care yeah. of you. That's my perspective of seeing a very large company, which will be more difficult for some of them potentially to react and turn. And but we have the advantage of a, I would say, a mid-sized uh, sailboat where we can turn <laughs> and, and we can see where the wind comes and so and and we can try to adjust and adapt. But even with all of that, the challenge is still there. And I I think I said at the beginning it's, it's tougher today uh, to operate um in many aspects that it was before the pandemic
0: interesting interesting so what other what other what other opportunities did you see you said so one is inflation what other what other how else how else have you been affected in terms of change at compass foods and what what are some of the other areas like one of the things you mentioned before i think earlier is talent definitely how do you how do you you deal with talent that's a big uh, one
1: yeah, yeah it's a very good question um uh that's a very interesting area because you know again i'm I'm a finance person and when i started my career bruce like in Ernst and young and i was an auditor working for the firm i thought you know what what is important about the company are the assets are the resources are the brands the marketing and i thought at that time well people yeah sure are are somewhat important but they are not the number one, the, what is more important are the assets. And and now after many, many years, and many experience, and, and again, the last eight basically leading HR, I, I came to one very simple conclusion is that everyone in our organization, and I would say in many organizations, and especially in, in the business that we are, where we rely on people coming every day to the plant to deliver the product, to produce the product that People are the number one asset in our company. And I mean, that means that we have to invest a lot of time trying to help them navigate the pandemic because that was a a real thing. There were many challenges we never had before. And and focusing on on really great, uh, getting the, the best talent we can possibly can and not only that; there's just one portion. But how we integrate it, how we ensure they they feed, how we make sure that we coach them and develop and and lead them every day, right? So I, you know, with many of my reporters, it's just basically an, a a number of of times a day or a week or at any time that we are talking. And we it's not that okay. We have the early performance. No, it's basically you know how. We get better every day. At the end of the day, wow. we have to provide yeah, sorry, we have to provide value to our customers every day. So, I mean, that translating to our people and to be very focused.
0: Interesting, interesting, interesting. Is there so with the people, like is there specific things like when you talk about it? Well, it's also adding value to the people, right? That's what you're talking about, adding value to your people. How do you how do you in this market, especially in the food industry where everybody's headhunting from everybody else, you know? like how do you and it's more than just money i I assume it's more than you got to pay fairly but i assume it's more than that you know it's It's gotta um, be in the culture the culture
1: yeah sorry yes no it's definitely that and i we just hired one new person a couple i would say eight weeks ago we did that we invested a lot of time not only on finding the person but a lot of time on the onboarding and the training and getting the entire organization to support the person and then After all that, what I hear is that this particular person feels that this is like a family. This is like, you know, I I, I have the most important thing she said is that every morning, I feel that I have a lot of energy to work and I end the day and I still have the energy. And I said, that's amazing. If ever this changes, just let me know and we'll have to dig into why you don't have the same energy because Bruce at the end of the day is all about passion. I think as i mentioned to you i started yeah yeah, i started in canada 18 years ago as a senior analyst at smarkers which i love smarkers great brand great company and for the last eight years i've been basically a cfo and and basically in a relatively short period of time was able to move from one place to the other it's all about passion and the passion that i have and the passion that our teams have and the passion that our ceo has um i mean that's what really drives us so
0: Wow, wow, Wow! Well, it's you're talking guy. You're talking about a culture, a culture, a passion, culture, passion. That that's very, very insightful. (laughs) Very insightful. The other thing I want to ask too um, is is you mentioned, and this is our our, our pre conversation. You mentioned one of these success factors is is you have uh, like you're you have a winning culture. That's what you're a winning culture. Uh, One of the success factors. Is like to talk about is is your relationship with your private equity company you mentioned that can you share can you share that that's your invest basically your investor your investor your your investor can you share your experience with with that and how that how that's evolved
1: yeah no that's a very good question and i mean i'll I'll be very open on this when initially I, i was uh interested in in joining compass and uh, speaking initially with the uh, private equity, uh, as many of us, um, I mean, we heard all of those, those, I would say, uh, negative stories and negative press about private equity and, and definitely always very hesitant. But um, uh, our private equity, which is BDG and Associates, they are from Montreal, they are, they are true entrepreneurs and they really know what is necessary to build and grow businesses, to develop businesses to the next level i have learned tremendously from all of them and and we have great relationship they have been of outstanding support and and it really it provides us uh i would say a, a little bit of an edge uh in the sense that yes we are very entrepreneurial we are we have all these kind of a family-owned perspective the company has been around for 50 years uh but also on the other hand we have all these i would say outstanding support from uh um you know a, a very sophisticated uh operator that knows uh how to uh focus on a strategy and delivering value to customers so i think we have a little bit both of uh i would say best of both worlds at this point in time mm-hmm. yeah and, so and yeah, yeah and, and so it's it's all about and and the second point i would say yeah is it's important to have a a winning culture and to have very focused people but it's very important to take care of our relationships I mean our relationships with everyone that basically is around us our stakeholders our vendors our customers we are a very a uh, customer-centric organization, and that's number one in in everyone's list uh, around us, because we know without a customer, we are not here. So, right, yeah. But also keep the relationships. I mean, we deal with uh, growers overseas in in different countries. We deal with uh, you know many people around the supply chain. So keep all these relationships that have been built over the last 50 years uh, is critical for us in every aspect. Well,
0: Mark, has anything in the last two years we talked about change in terms of those relationships? Has anything changed over the last couple of years? Is it harder? Is it harder or it's, or you just keep or or the key is to keep it going, to keep to keep like, is there any new 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 learnings and comes from those relationships? Or you just stick to you stick to the plan, you stick to the culture, and you don't you don't veer from it?
1: I think, you know, uh, what it is, is that we, uh, we try to nurture those relations every day and, and try to be fair with everyone that, you know, we interact and, uh, from, from different, from different perspectives, from the bank, from the landlord, from everyone that the vendors, the employees, it's just to make sure that you keep, Uh, those relationships strong and that's the only way that you can basically overcome challenges because challenges in the environment have been mounting in the last two years. So the only way that you can really overcome that is I would say two elements, people, uh, your people, our people, the people who work at Compass and uh, the relationships we build with all these vendors and everyone uh, that we interact with that we try to ensure that are equitable, that they are fair, that uh, we both feel uh, that they are in a very good uh, place. And, and that is what will give us str- the strength to continue growing as an organization. Okay. And, and they help us grow too.
0: It's interesting you say the strategic The strategic difference is the ability, it, it's, it's well, let's say the culture of the organization and how important it is and, and the relationships really drive Really drive the growth of the company and what you're doing, and versus just we got to keep making a new product, you know, which is important, right? <laughs> but it, it has to fit all together, you know, it, it's all together, right? I want to ask you just skipping the topic, I want to talk about another trend. Uh, is is the trend in the product the change that's occurred, the change towards organic? Can we discuss that? Like, has that, has that, how have you been affected? Well, you're talking about healthy snacks. Is ch- is there healthier snacks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they say, what? Well, like people want healthier. At least I, at least I talk about me personally. I'm into health. I'm into healthy. I'm into healthy everything. You know. And uh, is there a trend taking place in the actual product itself? Your snacks.
1: Yeah. For, uh, first, I would say. I mean, from myself. I mean, I'm a little bit of anomaly. I'm an Argentinian. In theory, or at least the beginning of my life, I ate meat all my life. And then now I'm a vegetarian. So that will give uh-huh. you a little bit of an indication. Wow. Uh, yeah, passionate about the environment. Um, anyway, so I would say what we are seeing, and, and because we launched the the new brand, the, the goods brand, which I think has a very interesting la- lineup, and you can see it uh, at Sobeys right now and at other retailers, a little bit of an advertising, but uh, it's a great brand. Cool. Yeah. And uh, so basically we did a lot of research, and what we found is that uh, there is a change in the perception of consumers. I mean, especially the younger ones who are, who are looking for these healthy snacks as a, a little bit of a meal replacement. They live very busy lives and they are looking for, okay, you know, I want to have something that, yeah, is good for me, but at the same time, it's t- tasty and I can enjoy it and it's pleasurable. So, uh, the, the younger consumer is basically driving, uh, the, the trend in this case. And that's what uh, basically our new brand is is really catering to to really capture that uh, need for okay we want uh food that is really good for you and at the same time is healthy and is is tasty and i can you said you know more during the pandemic was to relieve anxiety and stress and now it's more to share experiences, and I, I I'll I give another personal uh, opinion: is that I see my son, my youngest, is uh, 16, and I see him sharing a lot of pictures of pictures that, you know, basically food that either he cooks with friends, or that we cook, or that when we take him to restaurants. It, that's something like completely new, and so food has taken a different place uh healthy snacking is taking a different place in our category which is um basically dry fruits and nuts is a little bit of um undervalued and we believe that number one we have great quality products and they are very nutritious and i we believe that by i would say extending and, and showing or showcasing these through a new brand it will give the opportunity to many consumers to really i would say Appreciate more the nutritional oh. value that dried fruits and nuts have.
0: That's good. Is this brand organic?
1: Yeah. So with the organic, I mean that's another uh, growing trend. Sure, Thank yeah. you for reminding yeah. me that. Definitely, we see that. Uh, although you know, uh, it, it's still a relatively uh, small portion, but we see a lot of growth in in the organic portfolio, and, and many of our customers and consumers are looking more for organic. So. Um, you know, definitely that that will continue to grow, and uh, sure. I hope again personally. I believe that for our efforts in the environment and and for our efforts so on ourselves and to be healthier, um, that will happen.
0: You know, Mark, this has been very very insightful. As you know, we we try to keep this fifteen twenty minutes and these 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 podcasts, and I appreciate everything you shared. And there's great insights, and I learned a lot about the relationships, about, about everything. It's really extremely, extremely, and that that resonated. And a lot of things resonated, but that one resonated. You know how the culture of organization really drives the, uh, and the fact that a CFO, it's more than just the numbers. It's a lot more. It's 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 getting involved at the entrepreneurial level and and really getting involved in the organization with the team and very closely. And that's that's a, that's a that's a big one that also resonated. You know. And the evolution of, of your role as well and how you evolved and i thank you so much for taking your time and doing this today and i really appreciate it yep. thank you very
1: much bruce so, and happy to share this and thank yeah, you really appreciate the
0: time so if people want to find your products they can find you said at Sobies.
1: Well, that's the new brand, but it will be in yeah. another retailer. Uh, the new brand is the goods, uh, brand, but, um, they, they can contact me and I will be happy to direct them. I mean, we are very passionate. I think just to close that us as CFOs, we have two main roles. One is to be advocates for the organization, but at the same time, we have to be ambassadors for the organization.
0: hundred percent. That's a great distinction. And I thank you, Mark, for, for filling, for putting that in there. I appreciate it. No anyway, problem. have a. Have a wonderful so we're ending the podcast and it was a pleasure. And thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you again soon. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone.